0: This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Inna alhamdulillahi <laughs> nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'athiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina man yahdihi allahu falamudilla lahu wa man yudlil falamudilla وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولًا سديدًا يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ ومن يطعع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدَعَةٍ وكل بِدَعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وكل الْضَلَالَةٍ في النار. indeed all praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa wa sallam is his final messenger. My dear brothers and sisters, on this blessed day of al-Jum'ah, I would like to leave with you and deliver to you a very important message. Moreover, it is an understanding that we will have an understanding of our environment, of where we are, and where we are going how we interact with our fellow Muslims how we understand Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala for many of us, when we attend their masjid we see people we see our brothers, we see our work colleagues when we're at home we see our children, when we go to work when you earn your money. All of these are tangible things. Things you can touch, things you can hold, things you can grasp, things you can see. And this is a reality that you can see, a certainty that you have because you can see it. But then there are things which we cannot see, that you cannot touch or grasp. But we have iman in that. And in fact Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions right at the beginning of surah al-Baqarah bil-ghayb," Those who believe in the unseen. Now the unseen doesn't necessarily and only mean al-jannah to nahr, the hellfire and the paradise. But the unseen for us are many things. There are many things that we do not understand or comprehend fully, but we believe in that. However, there are certain things that it is very easy for us to, to lose contact with. And because you lose contact with that, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist anymore. Now I don't want to sound very philosophical, what am I talking about? More specifically, I'm talking about the plans and the plots and deception of shaitan. This isn't something necessarily that you can see or you can touch. For no doubt, we can say that in theory, we are the most knowledgeable people, we should be the most knowledgeable people in how to deal with this enemy. That from the beginning of time, Iblis refused the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bow down to Adam alayhi salam. And that Iblis took an oath and he swore by the might of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I will do my very best to misguide them all except the sincere servants. As you sleep, as you are busy in your day with your work and your family and your children, shaitan is busy in how, trying to think how to harm you, to plot and to plan. This plot, this plan may not occur and happen tomorrow. It may not happen next week or in a month's time. But shaitan is patient with you and his goal is maybe long-term. And an example of this is Ibn Abbas radiallahu narrates that, that the people after Adam alayhi salam were upon Tawheed For 10 generations or 10 centuries, they were upon the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was no shirk upon earth. And that then there were a number of people Righteous people within their own selves, which is alluded to in Surah nuh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the names of five individuals. Those individuals are Wad, Suwa', Yaghuf, Ya'uq, and Nasr. These were the names of five righteous people. And within the space of a short time, they all died. When they died, it was said to the people, why don't you... These whispers, and in fact it is narrated, that Iblis came in the form of a person, said to the people, why don't you erect statues of these people? They will give you energy. They will remind you of how to be pious. They will remind you and give you some energy to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not to worship them. Not to worship them now. But the plan of shaitan, the plan of Iblis, it is that the generations to come, that they would then fall by the wayside. So they erected these statues, images of these righteous people. And that they would go there and they would remember these people were righteous people. The correct understanding concerning these individuals was not passed on to the next generation. So when that generation who erected the statues and pictures of them, they died. The next generation came through and it was said to them that your forefathers used to go to these people and ask for rain. When there was no rain they used to ask them for rain. So then the people would go to these idols and statues and they began worshipping them. This was the plan of Shaytan from the very beginning to harm and to pull people away from the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now in this story, there are many fawaid, many benefits. And maybe on another occasion, you can look at the story. But the point I want to mention is that Shaitan will have patience with you. But even though you do not see him, he sees you. And he knows your weaknesses. And he knows the points that you will possibly fall into. Some people who have strong iman in fasting, or sadaqah, or salah, the focus is not on that. But your focus maybe is that you're weak in backbiting, spreading false tales, sharing false information. But you're a person of apparent salah, steadfast and upright. But you have a weakness, and we all have weaknesses. And it is here that the shaitan He will focus on. Just like salt will slowly wear away at the meat that it is on. The shaitan will focus on these weaknesses that you have. So shaitan's plan for us is very clear, even though we don't see it. And we live in a world where we are told to believe only that what you can see and touch. But the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that we have iman in that what we cannot see what we have been informed about. And that this adu is and mubeen, is a clear and open enemy to you, so take him as an enemy. The greatest and the ultimate goal for shaitan, for mankind, is for them to disbelieve and reject in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To say that, that there is no ilah. Or that Islam is not the truth. Or bring me proof that the origin is that there is no iman, no belief, you have to prove it to me. Or to direct worship to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to commit shirk. Or to give attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the creation. These are the main goals of shaitan with every single one of us. Long term goals for you to reject Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to reject Islam. But you may say, I'm very strong. There's no way I'm going to disbelieve. I know Islam is the haqq. But remember, the plan of shaitan is a long-term plan. He looks way into the future. You may not say that now. But when you go to university, or when you go to college, or the companions that you have, the friends that you have, who think completely different. Can you guarantee that you will not be influenced by that way of thinking, philosophy, Greek philosophy, Egyptian philosophy, all of these ideas, the things that you will look at continuously on your devices, how that will impact you in the way that you think, that you may not say that now, but maybe one day, who knows? Every salah you say, اِهْدِّنَ الصِّرَاطُ المستقيم. Oh Allah, guide me to the straight path. That the Prophet ﷺ frequently would say in sujood, The turn of the hearts, allow my heart to be remain steadfast upon this deen. Atheism is becoming widespread. This is one of the main goals of shaitan to draw people away from the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we need to be aware of this. If that person doesn't fall into kufr, major disbelief, then what would they fall into after that? That the shaitan will then try to push you in another direction. For you to fall into those matters which are newly invented into the religion. Al-muhdathat. Something that is frequently said Every Jumu'ah. the Prophet ﷺ said, be aware of the newly invented matters for inna kulla for every newly invented matter is an innovation, and that every innovation is a misguidance, and that every misguidance is in the fire. Nearly every khutbah, you hear that. So the shaitan will try to push you into al bidah immediately after, if you, can, if you don't fall into kufr. But why bidah? Why? Because the shaitan knows that a person who is practicing bidah will not ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive him. And this is one of the biggest traps of the innovation. That the person believes... They're doing the right thing. And just because a person believes they're doing the right thing, that doesn't give them an excuse that I didn't know. We were warned about bid'ah. We were warned about taking paths other than the Quran and Sunnah. But a person who's practicing bid'a, that abd, that slave will not say, oh Allah, forgive me for my bid'a. For this reason, the Shaytan is very happy to push you into innovation. This is why the Prophet وسلم, so frequently warned us of the dangers of al-Bid'a. Maybe some of us are saying, but you're talking about bid'ah too much. You know, we need to focus on tazkiyah. We need to focus on purification of the soul, which of course has its ahmee, has its importance. The ulama of the past, from Imam Malik rahimahullah, and Imam Shafi'i, didn't say, for example, that the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, that whoever invents a matter into this deen, that it is rejected. Didn't say that this hadith represents a third or a quarter of the religion for no reason. These statements wasn't made lightly. These statements were made because these hadith are of the utmost importance. That servant involved in bid'ah, will not ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. And one of the punishments that the Prophet ﷺ informed us of, that in the hereafter, when the people will given, be given the blessing to drink from the Nahar of Al-Kawthar, there will be certain people turned away. They will approach, and they will be said to go back. And they will question, why am I being turned away? And it will be said to them, that you involved yourselves in matters that were not revealed to you. You practiced Islam in a way that our beloved Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not teach you. And these are the innovations. So maybe the person doesn't fall into innovation. So the Shaytan will push you into Al-Kabair, the major sins. Zina, Shurb Al-Khamar, drinking alcohol. ar riba interest, taking a loan. Stealing, sariqah. You justify these because I'm weak and I'm miskeen. I will make tawbah later on. These are the plans of shaitan. He'll justify the munkar for you. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us That shaytana, that he is the one who he will beautify the deeds for you. I'm doing this because I have family I'm doing this because I don't want to fall into a greater haram, so i fall into this haram. And there's so many excuses and justifications for you to fall into that haram. That staying away from khamar, alcohol, and gambling. Why do we why are we prohibited from that or from the reasons Allah tells us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah, the shaitan he wants to place between you hatred, enmity and to take you away from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the knowledge is there. You stay away from these major sins, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you about the consequences of them. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the fawaid. And for every plot and plan of shaitan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us something superior. Every way that the shaitan will try to come to you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a way that is far superior to preserve and protect us from that plot and plan. And secondly, that the plots and plans of shaitan, they are weak. All the shaitan will do to you is to call you. It won't physically grab you and drag you to commit that action. You will be just merely called and you will answer the call. For this reason, you will be blameworthy al qiyamah. On al qiyamah, the shaytan will say, O mink, I'm free from you. I just called you and you answered. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout the Quran has told us what happens as we are living and what happens when we stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The excuses that we will give you will stand on Yawm Al-Qiyamah and you say, He told me to do it. And Shaitan will say, I'm away from you. I just called you, you answered. Don't blame me, blame yourselves. So maybe you don't fall into Al-Kabair. And you feel proud, you feel happy. The fact that you don't fall into Al-Kabair, I only commit minor sins, Al-Sagair. Do not look at the smallness of your sins, but rather look at whom you have disobeyed. So a person can feel, the shaitan will say to you, you, you're a good person. You don't steal. You don't take out riba. You don't drink khamar. You stay away from all the kabair. But you fall into the sagair. And a person who is persistent in the sagair, in the small sins... Until they just become normal to them. These minor sins can become a major sin to that person. The minor sins may not always remain small to you. So the shaitan, if it's not kufr, it's bid'ah. If it's not innovations, then it's major sins. If it's not major sins, then it's the minor sins. And if it's not that, then the person will be made to feel that Allah guided me, I feel saved. This was a thinking of a people in the past, that the Naar will never touch us. Nahnu al mukhtar. We are the chosen people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You become satisfied with what you offer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, this is another of deception of the shaytan. we ask Allah to protect us from the cait of shaitan bismillah walhamdulillah وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ وَعَلَىٰ أَلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us what shaitan will try to put in the hearts of the believers. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says الْفَقْرِ وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ That the shaitan will try to place in your heart the fear of poverty and he will command you with fahsha, open wrongdoing, evil, oppression. And if you look carefully that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that shaytanu ya'idukum al He promises you, he says to you, you're gonna be poor. If you give that charity, how are you going to feed your children? If you help that person, how are you going to pay the rent? And if a person has a fear of poverty, In turn, they will become more attached to the dunya. This is the cycle in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us to beware of the dunya. Be careful of the dunya. It will suck you in. It will consume you. How will you be consumed? Because you may think, "Um, the dunya is not going to consume me. But the shaitan will come to you and say, poverty, poor, put it between your eyes. Chasing money, taking out things which you don't need. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says yaidukum min." That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises you مَغْثِرَةً Forgiveness wa fadla. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He promises you bounties and blessings. The complete opposite of what shaitan was promising. you. The ayah mentions two things from shaitan and two promises from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The promises from shaitan are false. Poverty and to command you with evil. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises you his bounties, his blessings, his sustenance and provisions, and promises you maghfirah which overcome the two that were mentioned by shaitan. As I mentioned earlier, anything that shaitan gives you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you something so far superior than that. The final thing I want to mention, inshallah ta'ala, is something which is so simple to fall into, you don't even blink an eye. And that is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us about That you say something about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by which you have no knowledge, no knowledge about. And how easy it is at that split second when somebody is having a conversation about something Or there's something online. And the vast majority of shabaab youth are now invested of things that happen online. Conversations, niqashat, discussions, debates. So easy to write something. Two brothers are talking about an element of the sunnah. Or two sisters are talking about something from the Qur'an. Somebody hears something and they suddenly say, I don't think it's correct to do that I think you should let people let people as they want let them love what they want to love let people be whom they want to be let them express themselves who told us to think like that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us what he loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us what he dislikes we love what Allah loves we love what his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, loves. And we dislike what Allah dislikes. And we dislike what his messenger, alayhi wa sallam, disliked. This is part of our belief. But a person who do not understand that will say things about Islam that have no asr, have no basis. Riba? It's a duroora now. It's a ضرورة. It's a necessity. You have no choice. You have to take out the riba. Okay? The person was born like that. You can't help them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't make anyone kharban broken from the start. Every maulud, everyone is born in a state of fitrah. In a pure state. So a person who has no knowledge will say things directly Against what Allah's Messenger والسلام, said and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our statement should be on any matter not what I think or what you think. If it is a matter of deen qala Allah wa Allah said or His Messenger a.s. said or you say Allahu alam. I don't know. Even if you're, you think say Allahu alam. I don't know. You'd, you would have fear to pass on information that you are not sure of but how easy it is at that split second for you to say something because you feel you, you have to may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from al-jahl allahumma salli ala muhammad wa ala ali muhammad kama sallaita ala ibrahim wa ala ali ibrahim innaka hamidun majid allahumma a'iz al-islam wa al-muslimin allahumma a'iz al-islam wa al-muslimin